Bless his name. Folks, I'm going to change the message again. Look, I have all these pages there, and I was going to speak on riches of the new covenant, part 17. God willing, it'll be part 17 next week. It's even advertised online as part 17, but we'll change it because that's what I feel the Lord wants me to do this morning. Turn with me to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 12. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 12. don't know how the Lord will have me display this before you, but we just trust that the Holy Ghost will just wing it to every heart this morning. Verse 10. And behold, there was a man which had a, withered, a hand withered, and they asked him, saying, that is, asked the Lord Jesus, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days that they might accuse him? And he saith unto them, what man shall there be among you that shall have one sheep and if it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day, will he not lay hold on it and lift it out? How much then is a man better than a sheep? Wherefore, it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath days. Then saith he to the man, Stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched it forth. And it was restored whole like as the other. But when Jesus knew, he withdrew himself from thence. And great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all. And charged them that they should not make him known. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah, or Isaiah the prophet saying, Behold my servant whom I have chosen. My beloved in whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him and he shall show judgment to the Gentiles or to the nations. He shall not strive nor cry. Neither shall any man hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed shall he not break. And a smoking flax shall he not quench. Till he send forth judgment unto victory. And in his name shall the nations or the Gentiles trust. Let's pray. Father, will you put your word in my mouth for your people? And will you help me to rightly divide the word of truth in my own inabilities and with my own weaknesses? Right now, Father, I fully put my whole trust I step out in faith, knowing, Lord, that I have no notes for this message, no thought of what to bring, but only trusting in the leading of your Spirit. For you have promised that, Lord, we need not meditate, for the Holy Spirit will put the words in our mouth. And so, Lord, put the words in my mouth that you would have to say to your people. And glorify the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We ask it in his name and for his glory. Amen. The Lord Jesus has went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And to get an idea, we have to understand how strict the Sabbath days were to these Pharisaical Jews. 
It was that strict that if you were walking down the street and a wall fell on top of you and all the rubble was over the top of you and they took the rubble away, if you were still alive, they could carry you out of the rubble. They could even pour water over your cut or wherever you were injured, but they weren't allowed to make it better. So the medical profession that are in Donna Cloney, Elam, doctors, nurses, paramedics or whatever, you wouldn't be able to do your job. In fact, if someone was dead when they pulled away the rubble, they had to lie there until the Sabbath day was over. In the heat of the day, the dead body in the street, people walking past, no dignity, they had to lie there. On other occasions, if someone took a sore throat and were in agony with their throat, they were allowed to wash their mouth out with a vinegar wine. But if you gargle, you were in working. That's how ridiculous it was. The Lord Jesus walks into a synagogue, into a company of Jews. And what you had was the, the pointy heads, as you call them, those who stroked the T's and dot the I's were sitting all around the front. And they always wanted to see what the speaker would say and pick holes in them. That's not changed anyhow. <laughs> and they wanted to see what Jesus would say if they could catch him to arrest him to kill him. Now, Get the idea here that here is the one who did no harm but healed people, loved people. Comes into the middle of a people with a, a, a distorted heart and theology. And he starts to see a man who has a withered hand among the crowd. Christ picks or sees, notices one man. He says that he's able to heal and this man stands up with his hand totally withered. Now if my memory serves me right, there's an old uh, manuscript called, the, not the book of Hebrews in our Bible, but I think it's called the manuscript of the letter to the Hebrews as well. And it tells about this and it says that this man was a stonemason and by some accident or disease his hand had withered up. And so his hand had withered up, this man had lost his livelihood. This man was no good to his family anymore in the sense that he couldn't provide. And this man, there was no, you know, there, there was no government assistance in those days. This man would starve, his family would be starving. This man's hand was withered. He would be almost like a laughing stock in the midst of his, uh, his community. But he finds himself in the synagogue and that day Jesus walks in. Now for one point I want to stop at here is this. You might be sitting here this morning and something's wrong with you. In the sense that maybe you're not well. You see when Jesus walks into the midst of a meeting like he did in this synagogue. It doesn't matter who thinks what. It doesn't matter about the pointy heads, as we call them. That's a nickname, by the way, just. They don't really call them the pointy heads. It doesn't matter who's sitting there and who's approving and who isn't approving. 
the Lord of the Sabbath came. And when he came into the midst, he recognized the need of the house. But then he recognizes the need of the person. A man with a withered hand. Maybe you're this morning and you're here with whatever that ailment problem may be. Christ recognizes the need of the house. But he comes this morning and he recognizes the need of the person. Have you a withered hand this morning? Have you a withered hand this morning? What is your withered hand? What could a withered hand be? Well, for example, if you're not saved this morning, boy, have you a withered hand. Maybe you've got an illness in your body. It's a withered hand. Maybe you've got an illness in your mind. You have a withered hand. You can't break free this morning. Maybe you've got an illness in your heart, your spirit. You have a withered hand. Maybe you're feeling low this morning. Maybe you're feeling down this morning. Maybe you can't rise above things this morning. It's a withered hand to you. Maybe you have problems at home. Maybe you have problems of your own. Whatever it is, you have a withered hand this morning. You've come into the assembly of the house of God, of God's people this morning, with a withered hand. Well, here's the message this morning. Jesus knows the needs of the assembly, of the house. But Christ knows the needs of the individual withered hand. Here's something that's very important though. Let's read the scriptures here. Verse 10 says, And behold, there was a man which had a withered hand. Now I know that's in the, the, the King James Old English, And behold. But these men wrote that for a reason. Obviously they took it from the manuscripts. There is the manuscripts. But the idea coming is the strongest English word means, in other words, as if there's a shock and awe. Now look ye here. Look at this. It gives the idea, and behold, like something as if it was shocking. John the Baptist goes, behold the Lamb of God. This is shocking. You better not miss him. Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Don't miss the Savior. If you're not saved this morning, your withered hand is keeping you separate from the Savior. Behold the fig tree which thou cursest, Peter said. But the idea is that Peter looked at that fig tree which Christ had cursed. And it was withered up to nothing. And Peter goes, Lord, look at that. It's hard to believe, for that is impossible. That's the idea of it. Look at the fig tree. That doesn't happen. It's not what you're told today. God doesn't do those things anymore. It's impossible. So just forget about it and be a nice wee Christian and get on with it. Listen, he is the same yesterday and today and forever. And he wants you to say this morning, Behold! Look what the Lord has done. Here we have 
It says, and behold, there was a man there. Look at this man. You and I are to zoom in on him. You and I are to draw close to this story this morning. In fact, see if you even allow the Holy Ghost. He'll transport you as if you're sitting in the synagogue. And he'll transport you in mind, as it were, right into that place to see Christ. You can look at the man. You can behold the man. And it may even be shocking if you see his ailment. The impossibility on all of those men, all of those people with doctorates and theologies and the pointy heads as we call them and all of those sort of things that are happening and those who stroke the T's and dot the I's and say this is how we do things but Jesus came in and he revolutionized and changed everything Jesus reigns in this place showers of mercy and grace falling on every face there is freedom people were in chains People were bound. People did not know liberty. People were hammered down and nailed down in their place. This is what you do and you do not move. And this is what we believe when we don't go outside of that wee box. It's impossible. God doesn't do it anymore. And Jesus came in. Jesus came in to the house of God. Jesus came in and he stood at the front. And Jesus came in and he shocked and amazed every single man there. Jesus came in and he turned their lives around. You see, if you have a real encounter with Christ, even as a Christian or before you're saved, coming to salvation, if you have a real encounter with Christ in your life, you'll be different. Your mind will repent. (laughs) Your mind will change. In other words, you'll think differently. You will think like you never thought before. And you will enter into the sphere of the the Holy Ghost. the, The supernatural sphere of God when heaven comes down to invade earth. Do you see if Christ has ascended to glory, he prays for us and there's no power, then he has lied because he told us the Holy Ghost would be with us, that the Holy Ghost would be in us, and that the Holy Ghost would lead us, that the Holy Ghost would empower us, and the Holy Ghost would equip us, so the Holy Ghost is within you this morning. Jesus walks into the midst, changes the whole place. Changes their thinking. These men are pent up and angry that their meeting didn't go the way they wanted it to go. I'd love the Lord to come in here and just change the meeting, even if I wanted it to go a different way. Just come in and do what you want, Lord. It's your church, Lord. It's not mine. It's not the elders' church. It's your church, Lord. This is the meeting of God's people. We are gathered unto him. And so he must rule and reign. And he must lead the church. Let him lead. Let him guide. Here we have him coming. And behold there was a man there which had a withered hand. You know what I love about the Holy Ghost in this? The Holy Ghost puts it into words through the pen of Matthew. And he sees a man first. He sees a person. He sees a soul. 
Think about this. There was a man. That's where it reads. There was a man. Didn't say that. There was somebody disabled there. It was a person. Every person with a disability is a person in need. Every person with a disability is a person with needing of healing. Every person with a disability is a person that you and I should be reaching out to and praying for. Every one of them. He saw a man, first of all. Saw a soul, a person. He seen someone with feelings and will and intellectual. Intellect. He saw that. He saw the need of a family. He saw the need of a marriage. He saw the need of a home. He saw the financial situation. He saw it all. And he knew it all. And there was a man there. Which had a withered hand. Which had a withered hand. He saw the man and then comes the withered hand. In other words, he seen someone. He loved them. Had compassion on them, saw what was hindering them, and he gives them a command. Now, listen, he just didn't say, You're healed. Listen to what he says. Let's read. Is it lawful to do, is it lawful to heal rather on the Sabbath days that they might accuse him? And there saith unto him, What man shall there be among you that shall have one sheep, and if it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day, he will not will he not lay hold on it and lift it out? Now notice how he is relating this man to his sheep. This was one of his sheep, and he says, If you have an ordinary sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath day, you lift it out, don't you? You're allowed to do that. That's lawful. He says, Well, I have a sheep and he's in a pit. I have a sheep and he's in a pit. He has a withered hand. He's in deep, dire, great need. And I am here to bless him. So here's a man with a withered hand and he's in a pit. As it were, metaphorically or. Maybe you feel you're in a pit this morning. He can take you up out of the pit and from the merry clay and set your feet upon a rock this morning. No matter what that pit is. And he says uh, uh, that you will not lift it out. Verse 12. How much then is this man better than a sheep? He's worth more than your sheep. He's one of my sheep. He says and I'm here to rescue him. Wherefore is it lawful to do well on the Sabbath days? Then saith he unto the man. Listen to this. Stretch forth thine hand. Now here's the hard bit for you and for me. Here's the, uh, the bit we don't get. Here's the bit we're afraid to step out into. Stretch forth your hand. You see the mom with the withered hand? And Jesus says, stretch forth your hand. See everything in that man's mentality. You see everything in that man's mind. Everything that that man has knows about in the physical realm, the natural realm. Do you see everything of that man's day and daily life when he's tried to move and maybe he's in agony? I don't know what way that man was. But it's been a shocking state. Do you see everything that's in that man's mind? He, he finds that he, he can never use that. It's impossible for him to stretch forth that hand. He can't do it. It hasn't helped. 
Doctors, how many of them do it? Nobody could touch it. This man had to live with it. This man just says, well, that's my lot, and that's all I'm getting. So this is the way we are. We'll just have to make do with this monotonous life that I have, maybe in pain or not, I don't know. But this man says in his mind, in his heart, this won't move. He must mean my good hand. What did I tell you? The Lord didn't mean his good hand. And the man knew it. The Lord says, stretch forth your hand. Let's read the word. Not my word. Let's read his word. Then saith he unto the man, stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched it forth. And it was restored whole. Like as the other. Do you see the natural thing for you and me to do? You and I to do? <laughs> the natural thing for us to do would be this. I've heard of others being healed, but it's not for me. I can hear all this, but, and I know God's been speaking to me, but he mustn't mean nothing to heal me off or to touch me in or to help me out with because that withered hand of mine hasn't moved for years and I'm just going to stick with it. I'm just going to keep my withered hand and I'm just going to stay with what I know best. Brothers, sisters, please listen. Whatever your withered hand is, Jesus says, stretch that forth. That's your withered hand. Give it to me. Point it to me. And you know what it takes? Faith. Everything within you says it can't happen. Everything within you says it won't happen. Everything within you says it hasn't happened up to now. And you might be right. We have told you before. Alison and I, we were at healing meetings galore. I mean healing revival meetings all over the place. Anointed with oil. I anointed her with oil in the house. She had real chronic ME. She couldn't hardly feed herself at times. She used to sleep to get out to church on a Sunday morning, go straight back to bed and get up in time to have a quick bite to eat if she could and then go to church and faint in church. And that I carried her out in front of everybody in church. Time after time after time. But faith says, keep going. Be in the house of God and I will bless you there. And we had her healing meetings. She was prayed for. She was spoken over. Nothing was happening. We kept trusting and trusting and trusting. Then one Sunday morning round the Lord's table, we started singing, I am the Lord that healeth thee. And she stood up whenever the pastor says, stand up. God will heal this morning. And she stood up. She stretched forth her withered hand. And she was healed. And she's never looked back. Fourteen years ago. About fourteen years ago. Healed on the spot. Nobody laid hands on her by the way. Nobody anointed her with oil. Nobody touched her. Just a sovereign move of God. It's all a sovereign move of God anyway. She was healed. What am I trying to tell you this morning? I'm trying to tell you this. That the Lord wants you to stretch forth your withered hand. Give it to him and he will restore you. I want to finish with this. Let your eye run down. Verse 16. 
In fact, let's go first 15. And when Jesus knew, he, was, he withdrew himself from fence. And great multitudes followed him. Notice, and he healed them all. <laughs> you didn't follow Jesus and went home empty. You didn't follow Jesus and go home hurt. You didn't follow Jesus and go home sick. He healed them all. Verse 17, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, or Isaiah, saying, notice this now. Here, I've said all that to say all this. I'll do one in the mama with her hand and go into it in detail someday. But listen to this. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah, the prophet, saying, Behold my servant. Again, the shock and all, look at him. Behold... My servant whom I have chosen, my beloved in whom my soul is well pleased, I will put my spirit upon him, and he shall show judgment unto the Gentiles. He shall not strive nor cry, neither shall any man hear his voice in the street. A bruised reed, a bruised reed, shall he not break, and a smoking flex shall he not quench. Now, Maybe you're here this morning and you're a bruised reed. You see, a bruised reed, many of them use reeds either for walking with or playing flutes with, watching the sheep. And if a reed is bruised, it's like if you get a straw and you bend it in the middle, it goes floppy, you know, it's no use really. Hard to use it. And the bruised reed is the same. And many would have thrown it away and says, that guy can't use that wee flute anymore. The reed's bruised. I can't walk with that. The reed's bruised. That's the way, the idea of it. Because if it broke, it would go through their hands. Or the sound wasn't right when they played. It was just no good to them. Now this is what I want you to hear this morning. Maybe in body you're bruised. Maybe in body you're bruised. On the cross of Calvary, he was wounded for our transgressions and he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him by his stripes we are healed. He took your bruising that you may be healed. If your body is bruised this morning, he's here to touch you. And a smoking flax he will not quench. Maybe your backslidden in heart. Maybe you're here. Maybe you're weak in spirit. Maybe you're gone wayward in your prayer life. Maybe you feel your carnality and you just don't know what way to turn. Maybe you feel, well, you know, I'm just dull. I've lost my first love. I've lost the fire. That linen wick, if I can call it, that was a light in the lamp. Many would have, you know, licked the fingers and put it out. Maybe that's how you feel this morning. Your spirit. Maybe people have told you in your life you're no good. Maybe people have told you in your life you'll amount to nothing. Maybe you feel unloved and unwanted and cast aside. And maybe your family have been... uh, Hard on you growing up and you've got scars from things that have happened in the past. And maybe you are like that, like that little flex that's smoldering. And you're ready to go out and you're saying, Lord, if you don't ignite me, then I'm going to die. 
Maybe you are like the smoking flax this morning. Well, listen to what the, the Spirit spoke and said it this morning, and that's why I opened it this today. The smoking flax. He will not quench. Are you a smoking flax? Is your life a smoking flax? He's not going to quench you. You know what he does? He puts his hands around it as it were. That little wick, that little flex and he he blows on it. And the embers start to get red and to glow. This morning let him put his hands around you and his arms around you. And that is spirit blow on you. <sighs> Start to glow. Start to ignite. Start to burn. You know what happens? The lamp ignites. And it lights up the room again. You know, many people had a walk with God that used to light up the room. You are the light of the world. And oh, but the lamp has went dim. The Lord loves you and he wants to breathe into you and blow upon you with his wind of his spirit. And he wants you to light up the room again when you walk in. He wants to light up your heart and he wants to light up your life and he wants you to go to places that you'll light up your workplace and that you'll light up your family. You'll light up wherever you go. You'll have the joy of the Lord, which is your strength, passion and fire of the Holy Ghost. He shall baptize you, John said, with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Here's the last line. A bruised reed shall he not break, a smoking flax shall he not quench, till he send forth judgment unto victory. It didn't say judgment unto defeat. Sends forth judgment. He blows on you. And while all things are happening all around, you're going on to victory. You're going to do well. You're going to be blessed. He's going to bring you through. He's going to lift you up. He's going to bring you out. He's going to breathe on you. You're going to light the room. You're going to light up wherever you go whenever he breathes on you. Victory in Jesus. Bless his word this morning to our hearts. For his name's sake. You know, sometimes you wonder when you're sort of leading the meeting like myself, and if the Spirit speaks or you get a thought in your mind. Or, or something's quickened to your heart and you're worshipping, you go, Lord, I spent the other day writing all that out. Am I to do this or that? But I think that was a word for you this morning. I think it was. I believe it was. A word for me, I think, is a word for the church. Let's move on in him. Let the Lord blow on you, breathe on you, that you start lighting up again, get our passion and our fire back for God.